A listener note. The safety information discussed in this podcast are our views based on our personal firsthand experiences. Each safety situation presents unique risks, and the solutions discussed in this podcast should not take the place of thorough risk assessments or evaluations based on your specific circumstances. Thank you. Welcome to Safe, Efficient, Profitable, a Worker Safety Podcast, where we break down real problems from real situations and discuss realistic solutions. And here's your host, owner of Allen Safety LLC and CHMM, Joe Allen. Good day. This is Joe, and we're back to another great episode. This is episode 11. Today, we're going to be talking about ladders and rolling platforms. Now, if you missed the previous episodes, go back, listen to them. They're great. you got to trust me on that. Basically, we talked about contractors in the last one, and this time we're talking about ladders and rolling platforms. Now, the reason I'm talking about these is because I believe that there is a risk with using ladders. And I believe that the ladders are one of those things that become almost routine task or the hazard is really not there, but it is. So one of the things we'll talk about is how I manage ladders, how I manage rolling platforms and trends that I see that are out there that are going on. And what I mean by that is, is I don't really look at them differently. I look at them kind of the same. Sometimes you'll see in a program that people will talk about that the ladders have all these control variables in them. And in the rolling platforms, you don't see much about it. I treat them exactly the same. Footing, inspections, all that kind of stuff. All right. The program for a ladder rolling platform is not relevant to me first. What's relevant to me first is an evaluation of why and where I need these devices. So if I'm walking a location and that location has a ladder, one of the first questions I ask myself is, is it A-frame extending ladder? And then if it's an A-frame ladder, is it on a wall or open like it's in use? If I don't see anyone around while it's in use, I'm going to be asking why it is there. There's nothing wrong with it being there. I just don't like it being there. I'm now saying there has to be a reason it's there. There has to be a hazardous created. Maybe it's daily use. Maybe someone's climbing it. Maybe someone has to carry equipment from the bottom to the top. All these things are starting to run through my mind now about that ladder just sitting there. I'm looking at the feet around it. Not that the feet have the inspection and everything's perfect. I'm looking at what you would slip or trip on trying to climb up the ladder. I'm looking at the way it's turned. Are we looking at, there's a forklift going by, or is there people walking by that could accidentally hit the ladder as someone's doing their task? And how aware you could be when you're on the ladder doing the task. I'm looking at all of that when I'm trying to decide on my program and I'm trying to decide what I need to have or not have in the program. I know it sounds a little backwards maybe, but the way you would think it would be, but I'm more into evaluating the systems, evaluating the processes, finding out where ladders are needed, trying to determine what is needed, including can I use a rolling platform instead of a ladder? And then my end result is how do I get out of both of them? So here's an example. I always talk about our company's safe, efficient, profitable. Here's a perfect example. Safe. Can I get rid of the ladders completely? Efficient. I'm not storing it, managing it, carrying it, placing it every day. Profitable less labor, less time, and less risk, 
putting up the ladder, climbing up it, doing the inspection, slipping off of it, falling and having an injury. So that's the way I'm looking at it. I'm, yes, we have a information that we talk about or things we look at, but I'm really concentrating on back to end user, back to the hazard, back to the reason the ladder's there. Yes, the program's important. Yes, three points of contact, inspections, training. All that stuff is amazing. But my biggest thing is if I can get out of using a ladder, I don't have to do so much stuff. Do I have to hang the ladder? You bet. So here's an example. I'm going to hang the ladder because I decided I'm going to keep the ladder in the area. I'm going to use this ladder and the ladder's 17 feet up in the air. I'm five foot eight. The bottom foot of the ladder is, is in front of me when I'm facing it. If I try to pull that ladder off the top, the weight of the ladder is going to come down, maybe hit me and knock me down, fall on top of me. Maybe I fall back and hit something on my head or my back. I hurt myself. I turn that ladder sideways. The risk is gone. Now, I wouldn't have any of those hazards if I didn't need the ladder for that area. So even though we store it correctly, and even though people say it's fine or whatever, I'm still about, if I can get rid of the ladder, I don't have any of that risk. And that's a foreseen risk, but it's a reality. Rolling platforms. I take a rolling platform. I say, okay, we're going to put up a portable ladder. Are we going to have to lean off that ladder? Well, yes. Well, can I use a rolling platform so if we lean, we have rails? Well, maybe. Can I use a rolling platform because it's more stable, especially if it's the person doing a task? Yes. So now I'm going to start deciding not only do I need a ladder, yes or no. Now can I use a rolling platform, yes or no. And back to can I get out of using both of them. So I will watch someone do a task with that ladder multiple times, not to tell them they're doing it correctly or incorrectly. I'm trying to see why they need it and how we can engineer it out. I still believe in engineering out the hazard first before we just go grab a ladder. Now, I've had people hurt in history using a ladder. I've had people fall in different ways, fall onto other pieces of equipment, falling off a ladder. So I can remove all of that again if I can figure out a way to get rid of the ladder. So Island Safety has initiatives each year. A few years ago, initiative was everywhere I went, I would see a portable ladder. I would challenge other portable ladders there and figure out a way not to use it. I'm not saying we're 100 successful, get rid of all of them. I'm not saying that everybody always agreed when we had this conversation. I'm just trying to say as a management tool, if you go with the approach, I walk through a production area or anywhere and I say, there's a ladder, why is it there? That should be the way you want to go. Try not to use ladders. All right, so now we go back to, I do have to use a ladder for some reason. Now I've got a store, we stocked a little bit of storage, and now I've got to have some kind of training on it. Now, the reason I bring up the storage a little different than the training is storage is usually somebody mounts some brackets on the wall, they hang it up a certain way. A lot of times you won't see in the program the way to store ladders. It'll just say they need to be secured or they need to be stored. I spend a lot of time on the storage of them. The other thing I look at on the training side is how do we physically carry the ladder and physically carry it to different places, and can it hurt me while I'm doing that? The previous episodes we talked about in user hazards or going to lock out and other hazards in the area. I look at it the same way. The hazard may not be placing the ladder in spot one. The hazard may be carrying the ladder to spot one and hitting it. Because I know when I carry a ladder or carry anything up and down stairs or furniture or whatever, I seem like I put more scratches and more dents in the walls than I do actually trying to carry the thing. And I'm conscious of it and taking my time. 
So I'm conscious of that idea with carrying the ladders. Try not to have the ladder hit everything, but you got to be conscious that I'm going to use it. And most training is about use. It's not about getting it to and from the, the mounting bracket area. So the training, you can have training different ways you want to do it. But the main thing I look at for training is, do we evaluate when I need two people and do I train on what am I going to do if it doesn't work perfectly? Most of my locations, a portable ladder may be needed for task one, but task one doesn't have the room to maybe extend it completely or put something there. Then back to, can I do something besides using a ladder? Can I try something else? So part of the training to me is, is if someone uses a portable ladder, they should be asking themselves, same as I did. Well, why do I even use this ladder? Can I find a different way? What I'd rather them do is, instead of using a ladder, identify that I need to use this ladder. Is there a place I can put a new platform and mount it permanently? Or is there a staircase or steps or something I can do so I don't have to keep doing this task and having this risk each time I use it? Now, when it comes to three points of contact, there's a lot of discussion about this everywhere I go in the country. My version of three points of contact is you have to be real about the job they're going to do or the task not caught up in saying three points of contact. Yes, you said three points of contact, but I've seen that interpreted so many different ways, and I'm all about hazard and risk reduction. If I work in some of the places I go to, for example, and we have to carry a hose, if you decided out in your front yard today that you want to clean your gutters, and you decide to put up an extending ladder, and you decide to carry a hose up with you while you're going up the extending ladder, the odds of you keeping three points of contact goes down dramatically. Now, if that hose that you're carrying outside your house is on because you don't want to go all the way back down to the bottom of your ladder and turn it on at your water connection outside your house and you want the hose to be on, now the hose has created a hazard itself, not just from the hose, but the fact there could be water coming out of it. So I could be using water coming out of a hose, climbing an extending ladder at my house, and as I go up to clean up the gutters or clean up something else, I've introduced multiple hazards. And why do I need those hazards? Well, I'm supposed to have three points of contact and I'd be safe, but that's not real. So what I spend time on is how do I get the hose up there? Is there a connection point I can turn the hose off if I would go to carry it up? Is there a way that I can have a rope hooked to the ladder and I pull the hose up after I get to the top ladder? Is the ladder going to be extending? Can I have someone hold on to it for me before I get up there? Is the ladder the right angle so I wouldn't fall? Three points of contact, really, for me, an extending ladder is being able to lean into it in case I get nervous or something's wrong as I'm climbing it, then I'm leaning into the main part of the ladder. Now, where I see problems is when people use an A-frame ladder, they use an A-frame ladder to do a task that needed an extending ladder. So then I go back to my training and back to my program, back to my ladder use. I will spend time also selecting the correct style of ladder that I want to use. For example, I want to go into attic space in my house. I have an attic in our garage, then I have an attic access area. The idea is you open up the part in the garage, you put up your A-frame ladder, but to get from the A-frame ladder to up in my garage, I have to climb off of the A-frame ladder off the top of it. Well, now I've not met the intent of the A-frame ladder, and now I've created another hazard where I'm going up and down with that when I should have extending ladder. So I will break down not only the ladder, the length of the ladder, the size of the ladder, but also what style of ladder, 
and I will write that actually the procedure. So my program may have going into my garage attic area is a hazard, and I say here's an SOP or here's a procedure of how to do that task, and I will select everything about how I'm going to do it. So I take ladders probably a little farther down the path than some people would look at because I'm still looking at in use end user the risk they're going to have three points of contact don't get caught up in that get caught up in how they're going to do the task how to remove all the hazards of doing it the other things and then three points of contact allows me to use my hands and do that process and now i'm safer but people carry tools people carry buckets people carry hoses let's find a different way to do that task so I'm not putting them at risk. And now I have the inspections. Inspections seems to be what everybody is excited about. Let's go do a ladder inspection. And I'm like, let's go. So as we go do a ladder inspection, what do people want? They want to check the footing. That's great. I don't check the footing. What I do is I walk through and I've learned over time the way the footing looks on ladders. So what you do, if you get bored, you can go to a home improvement store of any kind you know you're already walking through there anyway walk in there go look at the ladders and they've nicely placed all the ladders of all different sizes all different styles in front of you and what you can do is you can say hmm how do i know if the footing's not there from 40 feet away or 20 feet away because that's really what i do i've learned the ladders i walk through a production area i look at the ladder and i know different kinds of bracing on the side of the footing of the ladder will tell me a different story. And if I see a ladder that looks like it has a flat part on the bottom where there's like some rubber footing and I don't see that dark color 20 feet away, 10 feet away, I'm like, I don't think the slip resistant footing's on there. But I've learned to look at it that way by the way the style of the ladder is, the design of the ladder and the way the footing is. Because what I wanna be able to do is walk through and make sure do we have the right ladder in place and is inspected, you bet. But I'm really about at that point in time we're getting ready to use it, is it correct? I've seen ladders pass all the inspections and everything's great and they got the tag on, it's fine. But maybe that was done on the 7th of the month and now it's the 21st of the month. Well, if it's the 21st, did we inspect it again? We say, oh, we, t we train people to inspect it every time. That's great. Then why do I see so many ladders across the country that don't have the footing on it, people just climbing on top of them and using them? I don't, I don't understand that. So I go back to, instead of trying to figure that out, because I don't understand it, I go back to how do I catch that ladder or catch that weird as I'm walking through? And I always start with the footing. I don't see a lot of ladders that are broken that people are using because people are pretty conscious about that. And I don't see a lot of ladders that are that are damaged so bad that people go, wow, look, that's crazy. I see more of the wrong height of ladder and the wrong angle of ladder. And that's where my hazard is. And that's where I spend most of my time. So now I'm down to, can I use a rolling staircase? Can I use a ladder? Do I use a step stool? Do I use a five foot ladder, six foot ladder, 20 foot ladder? Doesn't matter. I want to use the ladder for the task. Now, how do I capture that task? A lot of people will talk about, well, we have a ladder program. And I say, but have you done elevated work assessment or have you done a ladder assessment for job tasks? And a lot of people just kind of look at me like, they're not really sure. I spend most of my time in the assessment of the hazard and then doing the task. And the other parts of it is just how I accomplish that task. So that's the general idea. Now for closing, a couple of little weird things you wouldn't think of. Ladders seem to have a world of their own that you mount them on the wall and you go out the next day and they're gone. I will see some people try to chain the ladders and that's fine too. Just got to be able to get the key to be able to unchain it. 
I've seen rolling staircases that the footing is not working that well at all, or you push your foot down and it doesn't lock, but it passed the inspection. So again, the inspection process may be different from the A-frame, the different rolling platforms. Make sure you have two different inspections because they're completely different devices to me. But make sure you're inspecting them and you have two different ways you inspect them because they have different hazards and different risks. And then the last part about it is, is if you are going to carry a ladder, like I tried to carry one the other day, and it's way bigger than you can handle, please don't carry it by yourself. Say, hello, friend, can you help me carry this ladder? And they'll say, sure, and you carry it together. It's amazing how many people try to carry a ladder by themselves, over equipment or around equipment, through here, through there, and they're just hitting everything that there is, and you're like, maybe you get a second person because it doesn't hurt to have the second person there when you go to set it up, so, especially if it's a tall ladder. And it may not hurt to have the second person there if you're climbing somewhere kind of high and you're nervous about the ladder moving. I don't like heights. So anytime I start climbing a ladder, every foot that I go up, I can feel my anxiety changing. Just to put the Christmas tree up where you want it to go in your house makes me use an extending ladder and that makes me nervous doing that because I know when I grab the Christmas tree to pull it down, my three points of contact are not going to be too good. So I get nervous over things like that. And I try to come up with different strategies how to do that process. All I want you to do is evaluate your hazard, evaluate what you're using the ladder and platform for, try to find a way to remove it. And if you can't, do everything you can to put buffers in place so you're not having that risk as you move forward. I appreciate you taking time today to listen to us different podcasts and different items that we've talked about. Again, we look at it like it's all about risk and the hazard and how to reduce that risk and hazard or minimize it. Less times we use a ladder, less risk. Less people use a ladder, less risk. Less ladders, less hazard of falling. Better engineering. We don't have the stuff on the floors like a ladder or platform we're having to walk around or housekeeping or did we mount it? Did we not? Did we store it correctly? Think about it from engineering side first. Think about the job tests you're doing and try to think about how you can eliminate that hazard for them completely, and then that becomes your management system. As you said in previous episodes, I don't like managing daily functions. I want the daily function to manage itself, and I'm into improving the business process improvement company. All right, that is our episode for today. The next episode, yes, get ready, confined space. If you ever go into our website or know anything about me, you know I love confined spaces made a living off of it. I love it. So we get to talk about that next. And the reason I talked about the ladders first, I use ladders in confined space. And why we talk about ladders after contractors? Because we use ladders as contractors. So everything has a basic pattern. Thank you again. Have a great day. And I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Safe, Efficient, Profitable, a worker safety podcast. If you like what you heard here, please take a moment to write us a quick review like, subscribe, and share our podcast so that others can find us. For questions or to request topics that you'd like to hear on our next show, please visit us at www.allen-safety.com. Thank you. Safety first, stay safe.